Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. A Barron's top advisor and a member of the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. And good afternoon. Here we go. It is a lovely afternoon in Appleton. Here we go on Thursday, November 5th, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 2801 East Enterprise Avenue in Appleton, right off of Ballard. Easy to find. Otherwise, we can meet virtually. That's no problem at all. More on that as we roll along on the show. My name is Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. Good afternoon, Derek. Good afternoon, Dan. Dave Spano, President, CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Danny. I have to tell you, we thought that the election was going to be put behind us after Election Day. But, you know, we talked a lot about that on the show. And, of course, we still don't know. And the uncertainty continues. I mean, through noon today, the market was deep into the green, up over 2%, and really flirting with all-time highs. But, again, Derek, we are still in this area of uncertainty. Yeah, I think we're basically, you know, we're waiting to see how the Senate plays out right now it's it's a toss-up as to whether or not the republicans are going to take the majority i think the market believes they will and then in terms of the presidential and so do the betting odds by the way some 90 percent believe that it's going to go there which is going to suggest divided government but right now we don't know we don't and so you know in terms of our portfolios we have to kind of you know play the hands that were dealt and and right now you know the the, the logical thinking would be if you have divided government that would that's good for certain sectors like health care where there's going to be less onus on on the, on the pharmaceutical companies to cut prices and the rest. Uh, probably not so good for energy and, and financials, which have been the, the subject of any number of regulatory issues that the Biden, a Biden presidency could uh, make more difficult given executive orders and the like. Uh, but we have had a fen- phenomenal week. In fact, post-election, it's the strongest rally we've seen in the equity market since 1928. Were you guys surprised at that? Well, a little bit, because here we sit today, we really don't know who the president is. Right. We really don't know the composition of the Senate. The only thing that is obviously likely is the House staying blue. So we don't know if there was a blue wave. We don't know if Trump still has a possibility. Oh, and we don't know if it's a, it's a Biden presidency, the most likely scenario with a Republican Senate, which made a lot of companies feel better because they thought then there wouldn't be higher taxes, there wouldn't be higher regulation, there wouldn't be a lot of issues that had caused concern up to this point. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is like if you have a GOP-dominated Senate, the Senate has to confirm appointees for the Biden administration. And we've already been reading articles that suggest that McConnell's going to be very difficult to deal with on that note. He's not going to allow radical, what he views as radical cabinet appointees, which means a more moderate government, um, gridlock. And historically, Dave, as you know, we've been doing a series on the elections. A divided government has been a very good circumstance for stock returns over the course of a a term. You know, and I know it's not good for for investing, but we do look at the betting odds and the odds of 
a Sanders appointment or even an Elizabeth Warren appointment went there's down. This is almost zero. There's odds on that already. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That, yeah. No, it's almost went down to zero after <laughs> uh, the McConnell uh, statement. So we have to look at it. But this is what I'll have to tell you is open up the camera lens and think about what it's going to look like, not in the next week or two weeks, but six months from now. And when we know the composition of that, the path will should be pretty clear. And the reason why, Derek, is the fact that we have seen earnings. For example, we saw Qualcomm this morning just blew it out of the water. Yeah, Qualcomm's a big play on, on 5G deployment. Uh, the stock was up 14%. Uh, revenue came in half a billion dollars more than expectations. They earned 145 a share versus a 118 estimate. And they also guided substantially higher for both earnings and revenues. In addition, at Costco, we saw 16% comps. So the winners continue to win. And ultimately, what you have to do when you think about companies is there are two major variables. There's earnings and interest rates. The FOMC is having a meeting today. It's obviously not getting a lot of attention given all the, the election counting issues and the rest. Uh, and we expect the Fed to remain very accommodative, no, no sign of any interest rate increases until 2023. So as long as you have very low rates and improving economic data, which we have seen, and earnings, that tends to lead to higher stock prices. Now, whether we've overreacted or in the last three or four days uh, to the certain circumstances, another question. But certainly the fundamental backdrop for equities remains very, very promising. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY, our website, AnnexWealth.com. When you're there, click the Get Started button, get going on that free portfolio analysis. Why? Well, it's very important right now. We need to navigate through everything that's going on as a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. We've just been named to the Top 100 Wealth Managers list from RIAChannel.com. We're quite proud about that. We're a proud partner of the University of Wisconsin, but most importantly, a fee-only fiduciary. And again, the website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Thanks, Dan. You know, I was thinking uh, earlier this morning, Derek, about where we were in February, in March, and really the analyst estimates, and we we spent a lot of time reading those, had the S&P 500 at somewhere in the neighborhood of $120 aggregate earnings. Obviously, that was way off in the fact that we see these earnings reports coming out, and they are some of them are just blowouts. Yeah, they have. The, the beat rates are above 80% on both earnings and revenues, which is historically is, is way out of band in terms of positivity. Uh, so that's a, that's a solid backdrop. The other thing that we also have to consider, too, is, is the virus. So on Wednesday, for the first time, U.S. daily cases topped 100,000. And that could be a potential risk going forward if it does lead to further shutdowns, which could essentially weaken the economic recovery that is currently ongoing. So there are two major concerns that we are looking at. Obviously, we see great earnings, and we are positive about the United States going forward. But the risk in front of us would be an expansion of cases, even from where we are and what that leads to because you know Joe Biden did talk about a shutdown and what a shutdown would look like would be very concerning for the market number one and then of course number two would be the fact that what we are seeing in the election does not come to pass and in fact the Senate does become blue which is a possibility and then I think you you know I don't want to say Katie bar the door but there's certainly going to be repricing of securities well and we also have the potential for any number of these uh, cases to go to the Supreme Court you know in the Supreme Court you know, recently there was an, an additional addition, a conservative addition to the court, which makes the possibility that they will seriously consider, uh, you know, some of the rule changes that went into effect in certain states. And that could cause, you know, more consternation and, and perhaps even unrest. 
When you guys said uh, divided government, did you mean balanced government, or is that the same thing? Yeah, no, divided government generally means, you know, somebody who's a Democrat as president and a Republican Senate, uh, you know, or Congress. And we've done this. We put this up. You know, we talked a lot about all these uh, election webinars that we've put together, and we're going to do one more next Tuesday. week, Tuesday. Yep, Tuesday. And maybe we should invite people now. Uh, if you could, I think it would be a great idea. It's called What the U.S. Election Means for Investors. I've gotten such great positive feedback. First off, they said, I don't know a lot of, okay, I'll, in my peer group, people have said, I don't know a lot about this, but listening to this really taught me a lot. And I think you guys were pretty darn close on, on well, nobody called the election, no, but listen, when this happens, this tends to happen, and it was razor thin. So this thing happens on Tuesday. It'll be the last of our series at 6 o'clock. You can sign up on our website at AnnexWealth.com. We're just going to lay out the facts and figures. There's no bias in it at all, and especially now that we know what we think is going to happen again right. anything right. could happen uh we'll go from there but again that's tuesday six o'clock you can sign up at annexwealth.com and danny you know the more important part of that is we're going to act to the facts and circumstances we're going to not guess at what we're doing here and then that means our clients are going to go through that same process but t- the takeaway here without a doubt is to have a financial plan to have an investment plan that is representative with all the facts and circumstances that we have and there's a way if you're listening to this there's a way to get involved. It's called the free portfolio analysis and the framework for a financial plan. And it's something that our financial team will put together once we begin the conversation with you. This is so you can kick the tires on Annex Wealth Management, see what you've got, know what you own, uh, know how much you're paying for it, and have a great analysis from a fee-only fiduciary that's not trying to sell you a product. Don't you think, folks, now is the time with everything that's going on. We still got to get through this. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get going today. You can do it for sure on a Thursday afternoon. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust and a segment addressing the sandwich generation. Deanne Phillips sees it a lot. Welcome back, Deanne. Hi, Danny. So as Director of Client Learning and Development, you're a CFP, CDFA, a certified divorce financial analyst. You work with a wide variety of clients and you see it. The sandwich generation can be a tough spot. And we're talking about basically an estimated 9 million sandwich generation caregivers having to care for generations on either side. So you see both. Yeah. So it sounds delicious, but let's define that. What it really means is you've got people usually in their 40s or 50s that are taking care of maybe older parents and sometimes grandparents and either kids or grandkids. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
So you can have a multi-layered deck sandwich in there, Danny, and you've got people that are trying to juggle their own families and jobs and their own finances and assisting family members. I know you did. You had to go through this. That I is mean, true. You, you've got a teenager and you had an aging mom and an aging aunt. So you were doing this. That is that is very true and running back and forth. And you know, there's the juggle of you've got, you've got work and you have to have an understanding workplace. It depends upon your career. A lot of this happens to women tend to be the primary caretakers. And it happens at that prime apex of your career as well, usually, unfortunately. You know, you say primary caretakers, but that doesn't mean full-time caregivers, like somebody employed at a care facility. This is running back and forth, oh, getting getting meds, get, talking with, with doctors. The sandwich generation caregivers are balancing full-time as well, and it's got to impact both sides. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. New statistics show that a third of those caregivers live in the same house as their parent, or their parent lives with them, and they need to have backup and help for that parent while they're out either taking care of their own family or working. You know, that's kind of the European way, right? Gen- yeah. Generations are under one roof. Sure. And the other thing is, is that people are having children sometimes later in life. That's kind of pushing things down the track. So you've got kids as your parents are definitely getting into that age when they really are starting to fail. That is very true. And failing in maybe a different way. It might not be uh, physically failing, could be mentally. So about 25% of dementia caregivers are also caring for children under the age of 18. Now that's a tough thing. You know, let's translate that into what we do here at Annex. And you know, what we see as planners, and I see as a CFP all the time, are people come and they sit in front of me and say, all right, <laughs> I've lived this or I've seen this. How can I not be a burden on my own children? Mm. And that's a really great question. So how can I save? How can I plan for myself? This is really, Danny, where financial planning is so incredibly valuable. You know, at Annex, we look in terms of wealth management. We talk about that's really the holistic look at everything. It's all your financial resources your income, social security, pensions. We look at all the outflows, our needs like housing, food, fuel, and our wants, right? Important. Uh, the travel, the fun money, you know, that we want to do, uh, the entertainment that's in retirement. We plug all that into the financial plan, offset it for inflation, and look at projections of where the assets will go in 10, 20, 30 years. But here's the important thing. Then we stress test that financial plan. Mm. So we say, all right, We'd all like to live happily and healthily until we're 91 and then, you know, that go in our sleep, right? But we have to actually layer in some reality here that what if, if you're a couple, one of you or both of you were hit with a long-term care need or a premature death? What does that do to the surviving spouse? How does that... Uh, deal with the finances in the plan. So it's really important to stress test that. Sure, because you can chug along. And in my dad's case, I mean, he went well into his mid-80s. It was just those last couple of years when all of a sudden, and he had planned. He was a client. He had planned. And so we knew that if his care cost X, that could be taken care of. And that was that was huge. It is huge. But, you know, I also want to bring up that the care can run the other way also. So we're, we've been talking about aging parents, but there's an awful lot of millennials that are choosing to go back home Mm. in between school or before their career or in between their career. And that can have and put a burden on people that are just pre-retirement as well. So, uh, and and especially it can stress family finances, but we see even more than the finances, the psychological stress. Because parents are sometimes afraid to lay down the law with their adult children and say, all right, let's have some expectations. Let's let's see where they're going to kick in in terms of chores or sharing financially and responsibility around the home. 
So what we advocate, whether it's uh, looking down at the sandwich or up at the sandwich, right, are family meetings. Really understand before something, I don't want to say disaster, before situation strikes, right? Because before your hand is really forced and you need yeah. to make very quick, very rapid decisions, decisions that you might want a little bit more time to take. Absolutely. So let's talk about parents for a moment. You know, talk to your parents about their assets. Ask them about how they want to live as they age. Maybe they're not comfortable seeing how much money they have. That's fine. But they should be able to share with you, have they done their estate plan? You know, who should make the medical and financial decisions for them if they can't handle their own affairs? Are all the legal docs in place before they're needed, that health care, POA, financial power of attorney, the HIPAA agreements, and the wills? And, you know, speaking of HIPAA and health care, those adult children need that, too, because once they're over the age of consent, the uh, health care facilities don't need to contact parents. It takes planning. It takes a pro like Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA, and a veteran of a sandwich generation situation. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. In the middle there. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Quick reminder, Tuesday, our last of our four-part series, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors. It's at 6 o'clock. It is a webinar. You can register, attend it for free. You don't have to be a client. You can do that at AnnexWealth.com. Also, want to put a plug in for our tax team, which has grown... Should I say exponentially, Dave? I mean, we really have made a commitment to great tax planning for our clients. They've just published a 2020 year-end tax planning guide. You can have that to look at, folks, if you want. All you have to do is head to our website at AnnexWealth.com. Again, you don't have to be a client, but we think it is very powerful, very valuable. We believe that tax planning is a big part of our clients' uh, whole portfolio, the entire package. And that's right, Danny. You know, the fact is when we talk about no the difference. You know, a good wealth management firm has tax planning, has tax prep, has estate planning lawyers. We have all of that on staff, and, and I don't really know of too many other wealth management firms in the state that can say that. Uh, there may, but I just am not aware of them. And secondarily, what we're talking to Derek about now, I mean, Derek's background is an undergraduate degree at Dartmouth, a master's degree at Wharton, a CFA, and a former mutual fund manager. Our clients get all of that. It's not something that we segregate out for just certain clients. And so, you know, one of the things I want to come back to is, you know, when you talk about the election and your portfolio and these presentations that we put on, we did say over and uh, over and again that investors are too afraid of what's going to happen with the elections, and sometimes they freak out and they go to cash. If you went to cash and you're thinking about what you should do now, here you are up 2 3%, 4% in the last couple of days. You might have missed some of that move. You certainly did. I mean, it, and, and generally speaking, there will be tactical changes to a portfolio as a result of a change in administration, potentially. And one of the things we've thought about, you know, if, if Joe Biden is president, you know, what what sectors will benefit? Well, clearly, one of the things that I think both Republicans and Democrats agree on is the need for an infrastructure package. Correct. In addition, we have a fiscal stimulus bill uh, that has kind of been lost in the negotiation that certainly we're expecting some movement on that. The other thing I read that was kind of interesting is Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate, and Joe Biden, presumably perhaps the, the next president, have a good working relationship. So perhaps they will be able to generate some some compromise, which I think many of us would like to see, because oftentimes things that both parties agree on don't get passed because they try to make them much bigger and much harder to swallow for the other side. And speaking of hard to swallow, you know, there was so much emotion tied up in this thing and the fact that, you know, I looked at all of these maps and there's so much red 
in across the states, including our own state, and there's certain parts that are blue, and we know it's Milwaukee and Madison, and we know that. But So if you're listening to this and you're in a red area, and you might be disappointed, and our point here is that we as asset managers, as tax planners, as estate planners, we look at the whole picture and we go through this process and we say, what is your, what are your circumstances? What are your facts? How much money do you have? When are you going to retire? And what's your, what's your risk tolerance? And I know that sounds boilerplate, but that's not. We spend a lot of time, Danny, as you well know, and we put it on the screen and we go through this and we go interactive stuff. We know, what if you sell a property? What if you want to retire? And that is what really financial planning is about. And that is when we say, know the difference. That's what we're talking about. One of the questions we would never ask is, what are your politics? Because how many times, Dave, have you said, don't invest your politics? Right. In fact, I think we've, with as many clients as we have, we really don't know. And it really doesn't matter. Where is it that you want to go? How can we help you get there? Well, we know when somebody walks in with a MAGA hat, you know, where they stand. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. And we've seen everything. And I've seen a Biden mask as right. well. Right. So, you know what? Uh, if we can help, and I know we can, you head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. you got to ask yourself at this point, do I need the help? Would it make my picture better? We think we can help. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get going on that free portfolio analysis. It'll cost you nothing. 30 minutes down, 30 minutes to go. We will be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. We're back. Time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Ask button. I'm Danny Clayton. Dirk Felsker, Chief Investment Officer, is here now, joined in studio by Mark Beck, Director of Wealth Management Services. Dave Spano's still hanging out, and we're going to get to you in a second, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, let's get to a couple, and then we're going to get to some that people are... T- As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
asking Dave about. In fact, I got to imagine the three of you guys are constantly beset upon. Do you like that? Beset, beset upon mm -hmm. with questions from people. So we're going to do that. First one's from Donald. How do I waive my RMD for 2020? Well, this one's a simple one. You don't really have to do anything. The CARES Act was passed earlier this year in response to the pandemic, and it waived the required minimum distributions for 2020. So if you typically would have had one in 2020, you didn't have to take your RMD for the year, and you don't really have to do anything. It's in the rules. Next up is from Dennis. Why do you believe lockdowns are more detrimental to small businesses than large? Well, I mean, that's that's overly simplistic, but that has been the case. I mean, the original PPP was designed to aid small businesses in order to allow them to basically get from one end from one end of the chasm to the other without laying off all their employees and essentially fracturing their their futures. But the evidence is mounting that small businesses are more likely to have solvency issues in, than larger, larger companies who have greater access to the capital markets and the rest. And remember, many of these small businesses are in areas of the economy that have been really negatively impacted by the virus since we are a consumer driven society whereas the stock market generally speaking has allocations that are far different than the overall economy you know like i want to add to that is a couple things number one we talk about the small cap index and shockingly you gave me some numbers yeah about 48 percent of the companies in the russell 2000 currently make no money so, you know, that's always been a problem, right? How do you value a business that doesn't make any money? You have to make heroic assumptions about future growth, future products, and the rest. And it's one of the reasons small caps have lagged up to this point. And so you look at small cap index and say half those companies approximately are not going to make any money. And the other thing that what I would point out is when you think about the dichotomy between Main Street and Wall Street, it is huge in the fact that a lot of these massive companies are international companies. Well, then then have a great deal of international exposure. And then that's another other key point, you know, as we consider our allocations in the future, assuming there's a change in leadership, what will the dollar do and how will that impact our portfolio and where we ought to go tactically? And I did got a couple of questions while we're, we're here. And the questions that we're, we are hearing is you can't get away from these housing reports that came out. And Derek, the housing report that we saw was stunning. Yeah, existing home sales were up 9% in September, up 20% year over year. We had the lowest inventory of new homes since 2002. Uh, median prices were up 15% year over year. So the housing market has V'd. You remember, I remember in March and April talking about sectors that we wanted to be exposed to that had the prospects of a V recovery. Well, certainly housing was one. Retail sales was another. Buying goods, not experiences. And China was the third. You know, and by the way, when we talk about housing that has improved, Danny, did you see the number of second homes that, that had gone up? Vacation and resort homes up 34%. Yep. So people are going and grabbing second homes. But given that information, Mark, you know, there seems like there's opportunities to invest when you get new information, where can people invest based on what we found out? I just think about it in terms of clients that we're working with that might be in exactly that situation. And sometimes they've been thinking about buying that second home. And oftentimes also, by the way, relocation. And so this is a great time for folks that are thinking about selling their house and they're either downsizing or they're just simply relocating. We're hearing anecdotally stories over and over now where the house sells for more than the asking price. And so we're back in that environment where they have multiple offers you're choosing an offer based on the merits which is by the way financial strength and so if you're a buyer and you're a client of annex we kind of help you position to be able to accomplish that as well 
And you think about names when you talk about that industry and just fire a couple out just to give, uh, Derek, just a couple of names that people would think about in that industry. Well, Pulte Homes, uh, Lennar would be another. Then you can think about building products companies like Masco or Sherwin-Williams or any number of, of derivative plays on housing. One of the things about housing that's so important, it is leads to other purchases, whether it's appliances, landscaping work, and the rest. That's why the housing market is critical to the growth of the U.S. economy. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY with Dennis Johnson, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, Appleton. Hey, Dennis. Good afternoon, Danny. Recent study by the National Bureau of Economic Research showed that some millionaire investors regret making certain investment decisions. So maybe I or all of us can learn from them. Dennis, let's go through a few. And one of them was, and I'm probably guilty of this, is when I was a young investing pup, they relied too heavily on historical returns. So I would look at an ETF or a, a mutual fund, and I'd look Look at its 10-year, and that's probably not the best idea, is it? I don't even know for sure if this should even be on the list of what people should be doing when they're looking at investigating or learning more about a position or an investment. Too many times, and we hear this a lot, people do look at historical information. It's very common for someone to look at their choices on their 401ks or whatever that might be and make their choices based on good rate of returns. What they need to understand is the world is always changing. I mean, this year is a prime example. We've gone through the virus. We were finishing up the election process. You know, there's a lot going on in this in this world, in this country, that nobody can say this worked then, so it will work now. I find that uh, things are just past performance is not really an indicator or indicative of investments at this time. What do millionaires regret when it came to financial planning? Another one is, is not being diversified enough. We're starting to see a little bit about that now in that people are coming in with their 401ks and they're asking us to reallocate and help them with some suggestions with those kind of things or how they should be diversified. We're finding that a lot of people during this time have actually actually put their heads in the sand and pulled back and put their monies into uh, fixed or uh, money market fund positions. And we're, you're going to find that when micromanaging or trying to identify the market or trying to time the market, that that never works. It's very hard for people to identify timings. As a matter of fact, the problem we're having now and what they're doing, what, what the client is typically having, the new folks that come in the door where they're looking at, when do we get back into the market? How do we time this? Well, we've taken a different, little different approach. We believe that when people are in that position, we should be looking more at dollar cost averaging. There is a proper time for everything. Dollar cost averaging is an ideal process for investing. Lump sums are good during certain periods of time of the cycle. We're in the cycle period of time now with high volatility, and perhaps dollar cost averaging is the best answer for clients at this point. Another regret for some of these millionaires was not investing in value stocks. Could you kind of go through that a little bit? Sure, I'd be happy to. For folks to understand, there's actually two different kinds of stocks out there. There's what's known as a growth stock and a value stock. A growth stock is a company like Amazon or a company that continually will have growth. You buy the stock hoping that the value of the stock goes up which we all hope that happens. Then there's the other kind of stock known as value stocks, and that's your question. Value stocks are companies that do not have that upward trend, such as General Motors. You know, their stock doesn't change a whole lot, but why do people buy those positions if they know going into it, their stock isn't going to change that much? Oftentimes, they're looking at dividends. 
value stocks are more conservative postures of the stock world because they also offer that dividend or yield that's offered on their investments. People need to be looking at when they're buying and creating their own portfolio, which, you know, you really need to be talking to somebody, getting that straight advice on that, that there's different kinds of stocks out there. And some people get wrapped up in what everybody else is doing and they find themselves with problems. Dennis Johnson is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management Appleton. We're talking about some of the top mistakes that millionaire investors regret making. And you touched on it a little bit, Dennis, but not seeking out financial advice. Sometimes we're really good at our chosen profession, but maybe financial planning and investment planning is not what we're good at. But to not engage a financial advisor, they consider a mistake. I would totally agree there. You know, we all have different occupations. We all have different things we're gifted at and things that we do very well in our world. Why do we want to cross those lines sometimes? We think we're a professional in everything because we may, we become a millionaire. And quite frankly, Danny, there are a lot of millionaires now in this country. Uh, there's a lot in the Fox Valley here, and, and uh, we are hoping to watch over them and help them out with their investment process, their tax planning, their cash flow process. But at the same time, people need to realize that there are professionals and people out there who can give them valid information that will help them. Even during this period of time we're in now, Annex Wealth Management has done very well in managing positions, doing active trading and assisting clients to make sure that their assets are holding strong and true during this period of time. So it's very important that they seek out a true fee-only fiduciary advisor so that they can get the straight responses to their questions. Dennis, do you remember the classic book? And I think it was in the 80s. Uh, the Millionaire Next Door. Yes. Just yes. loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I think the people that are listening to WHBY, we've got plenty of them. You wouldn't know it if you looked at your neighbor next door, but they live below their means. They saved, they invested. They're probably very good at their job. What Annex Wealth Management can do is get you across the finish line. Sometimes it's just like, listen, I need better tax planning, better estate planning. And by the way, could you look at my investments as well? And that's what we do. And as like you said, as a fee-only fiduciary, that's the way Annex Wealth Management operates. So we are ready to help you with elite, full-service wealth management and make that a great experience designed for you. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Dennis Johnson, a wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management Appleton. Thank you for your time today. Well, thank you, Danny. Have a good afternoon. Folks, what's the right way to leave money to minors? We'll talk about that next on the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management. Joe Martin is the estate planning attorney here, and she works with clients on a wide array of matters, including what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Leaving money to minors. Now, I'm thinking trust fund babies. I think that's the first phrase that comes to mind, and I've known some, and they've been A, insufferable, and B, it hasn't gone well. Well, it depends on A, the dollar amount, but trust funds are generally actually a pretty good idea. And I think today we'll talk about what are some of the alternatives and maybe you might get turned around that the trust fund might be the better of the four. Okay. The typical arrangement, right? Spouses would leave money to the other spouse in the event that one of them died, right? That's a the beneficiary, the primary. That's a pretty typical estate plan where, okay. you know, married couple leaves everything to each other. And then when the second of them passes, it passes. 
passes on to the kids. But it doesn't always work that way, right? If something tragic happened, but then there's plenty of single parents too. Correct. And so it's important to think about if something happened to you and you were the sole parent that was alive, whether it's because a spouse predeceased or passed away at a very young age, or there's a divorce and, and they're just not yeah. in the picture anymore, those types of things, it's important for people to think about. So I was reading up about this and I came across the phrase property management, and that seemed really clinical, like it was a series of buildings or something. <laughs> what do you think about that? When you leave something to someone who's under 18, somebody needs to manage it, whether it's they get left a house, somebody needs to take care of that house for those children, somebody needs to manage finances or a bank account for those kids. That's what I guess property management would be. So to properly pass money to kids, is this set up via a will or is this a trust? It can be both or it can be none of the above. What happens is we work with a lot of clients who they use beneficiary designation. Maybe they say, I leave my IRA to my spouse and in the event that my spouse passes away before I do, I leave it to my kids. That's a very typical kind of estate plan and beneficiary designation form. The issue there becomes if all of a sudden both spouses have passed away and those kids are minors, they're going to inherit that IRA as minors. And so then all of a sudden they've got IRAs that they need to deal with and, and we have to figure out what to do with them. I saw the phrase court-appointed guardians. If you have minor children and you normally in a will would list who would be the guardian of those children in the event that you passed away and they're still minors. What that looks like is, is there's two types of guardianship. There's guardian of the person who are they going to live with? Who's going to take them to school and coordinate, you know, the vacations and all of those types of things. But then there's also a guardian of the estate, and that's the person who manages the property. So normally in a will, you appoint someone to be that person. It, they can be the same. They don't have to be different, but you're picking who that's going to be. In the absence of a will, likely what's going to happen, an interested family member is going to come forward and ask to be appointed by the court. It is going to be someone that is known to the family that the court is going to basically pass judgment on and say that this is the appropriate person. Talking to Jill Martin about passing money to kids, many different ways, many different situations. Let's talk about something called the UTMA, the U-T-M-A. What does that stand for? So U-T-M-A is a lovely acronym in our legal world. The Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. That allows you to transfer property in a little bit more efficient way than having this full guardianship of the estate that comes into play. Because the guardianship of the estate has annual court filings and the guardian is going to have to go to court and get permission to make distributions for the benefit of that minor. And guardianships terminate when that child turns 18. UTMAs are a statutory creation that basically allows someone to create an account where they name someone as a custodian to take care of that money for the minor. The difference with the UTMA account is it extends it out to 21, but it also doesn't have the court supervision over it. So that custodian who's, who's taking care of those funds can use those funds for the minor without having to get court approval to do everything. So UTMA, to me, sounds cleaner, better? Uh, depends on your facts and circumstances is my answer in my legal world, okay. right? The difference is, is the guardianship is very, very supervised so that the court is going to ensure those funds are used for the benefit of that minor. The UTMA account doesn't have the court involvement. So if you pick a custodian who's not real great with money, they could start potentially siphoning that money off for themselves rather than for the minor. So there's some pros and cons with both of them that depends on who it is that you trust to be that person. But generally, the UTMA is going to be less 
invasive from a, an administrative standpoint. So no matter what, when the, when the person, the kid, turns 21, they get it all? That is going to be their account going forward. Okay. And so what happens is, is, you know, like at Annex, we have UTMA accounts for clients where maybe a grandparent set it up for a child. And so what happens is, is legally that child becomes the owner of that account when they're 21. And therefore, they have full control over that account. Could that be a disaster? 18, 21, right. 40? I don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, right. <laughs> depending on what's going on with your facts and circumstances, any age could be detrimental. But a lot of people tend to think that 18 and 21 might be a little young for people to inherit money. My research has shown, yes, that is the case. So can you do it where somebody would inherit the money at 30 or, or later? Or Yeah, so that's where you can use trusts. Instead of leaving money just to the minor outright, which creates the guardianship or into an UTMA account, people will use trusts as part of their estate plan. So you can do this under the will or under a revocable trust that you use. But basically, instead of leaving it to my son, Bob, I'm leaving it in trust for my son, Bob. And what that does is that creates a trustee who's going to be responsible for that property management, making distributions. But you get to customize the terms and conditions that Bob gets to make distributions for and the age at which that trust would terminate, if at all. It sounds complicated, and it sounds like something definitely people need professional help on. Jill, that's what you do for our clients. Absolutely. Jill Martin, an estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Quick reminder, our last of our election series, What the U.S. Election Means for Investors, airs Tuesday night. It's November 10th at 6 p.m. You don't need to be a client. You can just head to our website, AnnexWealth.com, and sign up for that. Join in the studio, Randy Winkler, Manager of Financial Planning and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dave. Randy, we often talk about this free portfolio analysis. That's your team, and that's what you do. Yes, that's part of what we do when somebody comes in to kind of interview Annex and see if it would be a good fit. There's the portfolio analysis and the framework for a financial plan. Today, I'll talk a little bit about the portfolio analysis. So we take a look at what you own. Is it in an IRA? Is it in a Roth? Is it mutual fund stocks, bonds, annuities, whatever it is? And then we run it through a number of different pieces of software we have to do an analysis. And we can say, hey, we really like this. Hey, we really don't like this. Hey, this has low fees, high fees. We factor that into the risk tolerance of somebody who comes in. So we say, okay, this is a really nice investment, but it's way more aggressive than you told us you were. And then we can compare it to what we would put them in if they became a client of Annex. And very often there are things that we like and that we keep, and there's things we don't like that we get rid of. Remember a couple of years ago when my dad moved back to Wisconsin, he went through that process. And I remember just accompanying him to the meeting. I didn't pay as close attention as he did, but I remember the gist of it was, is only we like this, this, and this. We're not a big fan of this and this, and we think we can do better. And they, they showed it, and it, it just made sense. It was really great. Very often, people get what I like to call financial fragmentation over time. You know, your brother-in-law tells you about this stock, and, you know, your neighbor you know, worked for this company for a while and recommended this mutual fund. And you get to a point where... I got all this stuff. It's all over the place. I don't know why I have it. I don't know if it works together. I don't know if it's good for me. So it's good to kind of gather that all up, get your arms around it, have somebody take a look at it and say, 
this is what it is and this is how it works. Yeah, over the course of 30 years, that would be natural. People just pick up stuff along the way and they didn't get rid of it or didn't change it. Oh, it's amazing. We could tell you stories for weeks about people coming in and they've got 14 different life insurance policies or they've got seven different IRAs. They got three 401ks they didn't roll and people forget about it. Every once in a while we'll hear somebody say, hey, I just found out that I've got a $60,000 401k I didn't know about. That's a nice surprise, but it's better if you you know it's there and can make sure it's working for you. Sure, and that's what our financial planning team does. That's why we urge people all the time, head to our website, especially now. We need to navigate through everything that's going on. Click that Get Started button. Randy Winkler, uh, CFP and Manager of Financial Planning, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it was my pleasure, Danny. I uh, always love to. And, and Randy said, I could talk about this for three hours, but we had three minutes. <laughs> that's it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. In the meantime, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.